you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's the weirdest conversation you've had in the huddle? So Martellus Bennett played with the Giants. Um, I was in a game late with Martellus Bennett. And we get in the huddle and I call it play. And I'm about to – I tell them what the play is. There was a TV timeout. So we're kind of just hanging out. And uh, and he's like, hey, man, you know what? I wish I could have seen you more this year. I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? I wish we could have hung out. you know, Because I don't know if I'm going to be here this year or after this year because we weren't very good. And I was a starting <laughs> tight end and we kind of sucked. And I'm probably not going to be here. I wish we could have hung out more. I'm like oh. – all right, dude. Cool. Sounds good. Break. And then I, th- I throw the ball to him, and then he's all excited, and he comes back, and he's like trying to rag on Eli. Like, oh, Did you Eli th- didn't throw me the ball enough. And I'm like, the, the whole thing. <laughs> David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, yes, the great David Carr sharing an anecdote from a pro football huddle. His conversation with Marty Bennett, duped by Marty Bennett into throwing him the ball. Well, I want to be your friend, man. We should hang out more than you do. He was open. He was open. That's what you do anyway when you're a receiver. You got to. It's all Hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. Coming up in just a few minutes here, movie star. Uh, superstar daredevil, I guess you could call him too. Yeah. Trailblazer from Jackass. <laughs> now he's got the uh, the new movie Action Point. Johnny Knoxville is going to be kibitzing with us. Now, to continue the star-studded affair here that is happening in Studio 66 on this day, seated to my immediate left, you just heard his voice there. Yeah. He is number 87 from the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. Soon to wear a gold jacket, I suspect. It's Reggie Ooh. Wayne. What's the, what's the poop there, fella? You know... Number 87 in your programs, but number one in your heart. Uh, I see what you did. That's cute. I like that. Yeah, I know. It's coming from a guy from Pittsburgh. What Pittsburgh is it? Oh, it's Pittsburgh jazz. I see that. Yeah. Reggie Wayne, he can he can make his he can take his digs, but go and find. It's called eyewitness, not like your eyeball eye, like uh, I as in me. Eyewitness. It's Jerome Bettis and Reggie Wayne recounting the insane final five minutes of the AFC divisional round game for Mott Five, the Jerome Bettis fumble game. Uh, their recollections from that with a little animation sprinkled in. It's great fun. A lot of people have watched it. We appreciate that. Now seated to Reggie's immediate left, another one of our favorite fellas here. Boy, people loved him as well. We're on a roll right. on the DDFP, thanks to the people who have shadowed the door of uh, Studio 66. Here he is, everybody, the first overall draft pick of the Houston Texans. What was it, Ought 2, you said? 2002. 2002. Oh, two. Three moons ago. <laughs> He now is the holder of an ID card to the Raiders oh, facility. Here we go. Well, that's weird. I think you have it. Weird. I mean, my brother's a David Carr. All right. Well, then back the, there. So that's David Carr, Derek's older brother, Reggie. Yeah. Let's start there. Do you think it's weird that uh, John Gruden gave David Carr <laughs> an ID so he can oversee how uh, his younger brother's going to be deployed? Well, well I, I mean, he knows he he knows his brother best. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. Hey, come in and. 
tell us what you see. Maybe you can show us something or tell us something that, that we don't know. I think it's a sign of wisdom that someone in John's position would say, you know what? Maybe I don't have all the answers. Let me get other I like people that. around. I me. like that. You know what? Maybe that's that's maybe a veteran. That's coach. why he's going to make a hundred million dollars in that's, the next that, ten years. That's a hundred. That's that's, that's what not. you call a veteran coach. Are you going to be for real, David Carr? Are you going to attend every game this season? I plan to have a headset and be on the sideline and give Ooh. my two cents. Went no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought for a second maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no. Why don't they hire? No. Well, really, if they no. if they like it that I much, what, what are you network. doing, John? It is a bad play. Yeah, <laughs> John, I don't like that at all. Spider two eye banana is not going to work in that situation. Gonna... <laughs> Too close to the end zone. By the way, can we get my mother a uh, a badge to NFL Media so she can <laughs> see, make sure that the bosses know my value? I think Mo Damashek could be really. Important. I think really they, help. I, they definitely need to let your mom hear somebody hey, to watch you. Roger, <laughs> Roger, I really think Dave should be on the network a lot more. Uh, hey. You know, that's nobody knows you like your mom. See, that's maybe true. maybe you are into something. Why would that be so crazy? Why not hire you to like sort of be the QB, QB whisperer I, to your brother? I I enjoy my time on the couch more than awesome. I want. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to go stand on the sideline, I want to be playing. I don't yeah. want to just yeah. stand there and it's try to help my brother. I mean, I'm going to just what I'm going to do is watch the games from home. Tell everyone that's there what Derek's doing incorrectly. <laughs> Everybody and, at home. And, yeah, yeah, and like, actually, this is what he yeah. should have done. He didn't yeah. do it, but. That's my plan. That's what I'm going to do. Do you think I, – well, I, I, I want to talk about many things with the both of you, but uh, but one more question about the, the relationship because obviously it's fascinating, and I'm sure you've answered some of these questions before. Sure. But do you feel like Derek, in a weird way, sort of fell in the draft because they said, well, look at what, what how David went. Oh, yeah. I, I I do I absolutely do. Shame on you, man. Yeah. Oh no. It's it's yeah. Definitely. It's his fault though. Reggie's <laughs> fault because if, if because if we wouldn't have gone to Indy and been down twenty-one nothing in the first quarter every time we went there, I wouldn't have been sacked as many times. We oh, would have man. had more wins potentially. And so it's really. I'm glad you brought. It I hope you feel good about today. yourself, Reggie. Actually, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, Actually, great. <laughs> he's gonna get a gold jacket out of it. Of course, he feels good about it. Now you heard the the voice there of uh, of David Carr talking about Martellus Bennett, one of the great characters that the league has seen in That's the twenty right. first century. I I I think, and his brother as well. Um, I love hearing about those stories about what goes on in the huddle, Reggie. What what was Peyton like in the huddle? Is he kibitzing? Is he is he cracking wise? Is he doing anything other than no? It, it was it, it was it was all business. No fun. Um. Not necessarily that it wasn't fun. It just it, it was all business, you know. He he would rather celebrate and joke afterwards after the W. But they, during, they look like they were having fun at the yeah, end of the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah, you know. Him, so. During the game, it was all business. I mean, we can be up by twenty-one, and it was a minute left, and we have the ball. I mean, it was straight business. Let's go ahead and let's run this minute out. Yeah, you know, let's make sure we perfect this knee. You know, taking a knee. Like you know, Peyton. that that is Peyton. And then after that, when we get in the locker room, he was a jokester. So no, but no, like kind of uh, rah rah or field general kind no, of stuff. Like, it, it wasn't. Boys, it's time no, to it, drive the field. No, it 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 was none. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't. It was no movie clips. It was. It was all Peyton. Man, I think serious. football fans. I really do. I, I one thing I have picked up from talking to you guys is that that does not exist. I mean, like, it's not like, yeah. ah, that's one way to go. Nobody does that. Well, no, I, I tell nobody you this. gives I tell inspirational you speeches. Well, you know what? Peyton was more serious. He was business. But I'll tell you what, Andrew Luck, he was a little bit more of, of the movie 
scene. You know, we'd be sitting up there, he'd be like, all right, guys, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go down on, the, on, the, on this drive, we're going to score, and we're going to start off with this play. This is the play that's going to get us down. So we all, I'm like, yeah, it's got to be. And you like that? Oh, yeah. I was going to say how believable was yeah, it. I'm, I'm, was like, I'm like, man, this is going to be a deep pass. I'm, I'm rolling this game. It's coming to me. He's like, all right, guys, listen, 10 dive. 10 <laughs> dive? You can sell a dive up the middle? <laughs> what? To the fullback? <laughs> He's got you all I'm fired like, up like, and then handed off to the fullback. That's not going to be the play that's going to seal the game. You know, so it'd be stuff like that. He's different. He's more of a of a guy that's in there. He, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll quote, you know, something that we all would know. And that, that was a big change for me coming from Peyton Manning. And then you got a rookie coming in, uh, Andrew Luck, that was that was more of a – How – I mean, I know a, a I know comedian. Andrew Luck obviously had a ton of hype. I don't know if you heard. Um, he, I think he's already in the Hall of Fame even before he ever took a heard snap that. in the NFL. He, <laughs> he was a, sort of a Hall of Fame. Terrific, obviously. But I, we were talking about that with David the last time you were in. I'm fascinated by, you know, grown men and, and gigantic ones at that and they're – most of, most of the guys standing around you are millionaires – even if you are the first overall pick and hyped as Andrew Luck was, what was it like when he walks into the huddle? You're this you're this KGU vet now. You've been around with the all-time best Peyton. Is it like, oh, this poor kid trying to uh, tell us what we have to do? Uh, um, he, he didn't stand a chance. I mean, is that how it goes? Oh, yeah, he didn't stand a chance. I mean, I mean, for one, him walking into that building knowing that he has – the the aura, the the shadow of Peyton Manning around every t- corner that he turns, you know, and it may be a Peyton Manning picture on the wall or whatever the case may be. It didn't stand a chance. So it was up to people like me and Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis to say, hey, hey, bro, listen, be you. Don't worry about coming in and trying to be Peyton Manning. Just be you. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to bust your chops here and there. I mean, it comes with the territory, you know, but be yourself. And then – uh, uh, about maybe about two or three days later, he came back. He said, "Man, you know what? I'm glad you told me that because I, you just him walking into that building trying to repay, replace a Peyton Manning. Man, that's pressure, man. Well, because I, as soon as yeah. you leave the building, it's like, oh, no, oh, you left uh, 30 minutes before Peyton would have left. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you already, know, everything, everything's already yeah, marked. Yeah, thing, yeah, you know, so." I mean, I, well, that's right, because, yeah, I mean, a schnook like me knows from watching football these years that you're expected, if you're the quarterback of the team, that you have to be a leader of men and you have to oh. you have to earn the respect. You have to win everybody in the locker room and win everybody in the huddle. I'd be like, oh, hey, uh, you're like, I'm yeah. 20 years I, I, old. Yeah, yeah. I, try, I tried. I tried to help him out in that category, you know, because at that time I was 33 years old, 34 years old. I tried to help him out, you know, as much as I possibly can, but – there's going to come a time, which it, it was, where I'm going to have to hand over the reins to you. You got to – they want to hear you talk. They want to hear you take control. And I think he did that pretty good. Um, uh, we heard, uh, again, Marty Bennett talking there. So you leave the Colts after a uh, obviously illustrious career there. And then for, what, three weeks you're uh, with the Patriots? Two. Two weeks. Cup of coffee. As much as you can – glean from that uh from that fortnight now the buzz is ever i pretty much since the super bowl when i forget who was it lane johnson who declared that i'd yes. rather win one here yes. than win a- however many up there because they don't have any fun <laughs> now that's been the story the whole offseason is how is how unpleasant it is to be on the patriots do you get a sense that that's true um let me, let me tell you something places are different a lot of those play those players that are there now that's all they know yeah they've never been to another team yeah so that's all it is. If that's all you know, that's all you know. But when you get a, a taste of somewhere else and then you go there, it's going to be different. You know, and, and it's work for them. 
you know, one thing you can't complain about is when a team wins, so, you know, every year or being in the hunt every year. Why would you change anything? If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I guess. You know, I don't know but, where to but, come down but, on this. If but, I, but I'm just telling you, it's, is it different there? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, it's, that's just the way it goes. I, I don't. I don't see Bill Belichick being a party planner. Yeah, it's just not it is hard thing. to it is hard to kind of wrap your brain around it because I'm the same way. Obviously, being in the NFL, it's hard to win games. So you would love to have their record. Yeah, but then at the same time, you realize you know how long those days are. Oh yeah, where it's, it's, it's you know it's ten hour days when you're out there long. and you're like, well, if I crack a joke right now, is Belichick going to bench me? Am I not going to play in the <laughs> Super Bowl like you know Butler situation? Right. Like how, what's that? What's what's going to happen? So. That would probably wear on guys, I think. He um, seems to me, and I've talked to Willie McGinnis. I've talked, you know, all you know, a lot of Patriots over the years, and I wonder if he's held to a different kind of standard. He's not just a great Patriot; he is one yeah, of like the figures of the of the Patriots twenty first Bob Kraft's dynasty, son, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is basically <laughs> yeah. the way Belichick loves Willie, right, and right. and uh, Brady loves him. I just, I, I don't know what to make of it. If that's uh, a good, I, I think we talked about it, David Carr, the last time you were in. I don't think Bob Knight would work now. I don't think if, if Bob Knight, I don't think he, I don't think kids would want to. I think go kids there. are just different these days. Yeah. yeah, what they call it, millennials. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, they, it's they just, just it's don't different. respond to that. It's, it's different. Yeah. It, it I just is. think though, also, and I don't think that's, but I, but the way you say it makes it a knock on millennials. I think that people are more. Uh, more lucid they're they're more woke than what they were like well that was the place you were supposed to listen to your elders and everything else and people and now this thing about josh rosen like well if he's smarter than you if he knows what if, if he can tell the coach something well, why that was can't what he was always interesting something? about josh and i got the chance to spend some time with him at ucla and he and and i think when when you go into that situation and josh is a smart guy one of the smartest guys i've ever been in the room with and i've been in there with eli mm-hmm. um smart smart player you get that same vibe from him but it's easy to be intimidated by that guy right and kids these days they have a lot more um they can get information they can right, they can understand exactly. the game earlier right i know high school kids that understand the game way better than i did when i was in college and then even early in right. my nfl career so if you if you're one of those old school coaches that's now trying to talk to those guys and they're like well no that's that's not actually right and they challenge you on something you're going to be like well i don't like that kid I don't think Josh Rosen. I think that that my hypothesis is exactly what you just yeah. said. Josh Rosen, I've talked yeah. to his teammates, and uh, not not uh, you know fifty of them, but I've talked to two or three guys who played with Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. and they said like I don't understand. In fact, Colton Miller actually, I interviewed him, and then once we the, the mics got shut down and everything, he said, "Hey, by the way, did you talk to Josh?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." And he I, I, and I said, he, he said, "I just wanted to be made clear, you know, I know he's got drafted and everything else at this point, but." His teammates all loved him. We think he's a great guy. Yep. I think it's not that. I think the coaches didn't like him because he was telling them where they were wrong yeah. about that. I mean, and and you yeah. will feel intimidated by that. Yeah, you <laughs> would. Mean, yeah, you would, especially yeah. if you've been a coach for 20 years and you're like, I do this certain way. These right. guys never question me on this, and now this None. kid's going to question right. me on And this. by the way, isn't that Peyton Manning's MO? Didn't he? I'm. He certainly must have told every OC and Tony Dungy and everything else, I think I know better. I think I know what we need to do here. I don't think he said he knows better. I think he says this play would be better. This would be better. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, yeah. I tell you one thing about my, my small cup of coffee in New England. I mean, everybody's talking about there's no fun in this and that, but there's a lot of stuff that they do differently that really raised my antennas. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, a lot of people think Bill Belichick doesn't smile. The whole time I was there, he was, he was at practice, he was smiling. I don't know if mm. it was me or not. I mean, he was smiling. I mean, sure. it was a – it was a my first day in, in practice, and I know the whole myth about New England. When I get there, there was no fun. Uh, uh, everything was different. It, it, it never had any sunshine. That was that was the whole myth before I got there, right? 
But my first day of practice there, it was an all-out brawl. Really? Offense wow. against really? defense. All-out brawl. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know who's supposed to be fighting. Yeah, am I supposed to be in this? <laughs> Should I help? I mean, right. who started What's it? What's Bill going to say? Yeah, and I'm thinking. I'm, I'm far I'm, too old and, to and, be and, fighting yeah, I'm like, right. I'm, And I'm saying, like, man, Bill is going to. He's going to kill us after this. Man, we're going to be running all day. Right. You know, and he broke the fight up. He kept blowing his whistle, blowing his whistle. And he's like, all right, get in the huddle. I'm That's like, huh? wait a minute. What happened? I thought we were supposed to be doing up-downs or something <laughs> right now. You know, so he does things that's, that you would think that he wouldn't stand for that I actually saw. Like walk through. They, they walk through. I'm like, okay, I go there. I'm in, you know, New England Patriots shirt, shorts. I got my socks on, you know, my shoes. And everybody else to make is sure there. Yeah, everybody else gear. there in, in in their college gear. You know, really? so I'm like, in a walkthrough, flip hmm. guys with flip-flops. Interesting. I'm like, huh? Tom Coughlin wouldn't stand for that. Tony Dungy would have yeah, like, right. hold on, wait a minute, go back in there. So it's some stuff that you think, it, you know, that wouldn't go on. Yeah, that's interesting. But it does, you know. So it, it's kind of weird. I, I mean, to me, that was that was cool. I mean, I wonder what I, my I mean, stuff, I don't know because you know? it does. I mean, it does feel a little like it's veering towards smear campaign just to knock down the Patriots where there's an opportunity yeah. to do it and say, no, they're just not fun. That 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 was, that was fine, but we're hey, we didn't want to win those championships anyway. Like it's <laughs> right. kind of like the it sounds like that's what everybody is, like, is saying. Trying win, to winning is down. fun. Like it's the ultimate fun. You can't have more fun in the NFL other than winning. Oh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it, it, so. and that was one of the things that was I don't know where it came from but when I decided to retire because of my family you know all of a sudden somebody said that I said it wasn't fun yeah, I'm like oh really oh yeah I'm like where did this come from I'm like I, I honestly think our playbook in India was harder than theirs <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? so I'm like you know, because it was the knock on me when I left there I said it wasn't fun and they also said that I um, that it, it was too hard <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm like dude like and now and now was I guarantee you after this show today it's gonna be New England fans saying it out. You said nothing fun. bad. You didn't say anything bad. No. Out yeah. for the record, I don't. You think. actually made it sound more fun. Yeah, I, I, it it surprised me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, they're not handing out ID cards to family members in Foxborough, but <laughs> we do things differently. They, they're definitely not yeah. handing out ID no. cards. Are you, David Carr, do you care about the Rockets? Were you there long enough to vibe to them? Are you a Lakers guy? Let me tell you what happened with my Rockets experience. So I would go to Rockets games when they played the Lakers, and I would have to disguise myself as a Rockets fan because I would do things on the court. I would throw play catch with the mascot, throw balls into the stands. Who do you think you are? Everywhere you go, the red carpet treatment. Meanwhile, Derek is next to me in his Kobe Bryant jersey. (laughs) Oh, and, wow. and going into the locker room with the Lakers and hanging out with these guys, and I'm trying to, hey, no, we're just we're just enjoying the whole. No, we were Laker fans the whole time, <laughs> the entire time. Thanks, Rockets, for the front row, you know, courtside seats for the playoff game, but we were Laker fans. Oh, and I assume then that makes you a Heat guy, Reggie. Um, I I, I like I, so I don't really necessarily have a team. No, I just like players. Um, just like growing up, my favorite team was the Utah Jazz. You know. The Jazz. I know I'm the only black guy outside Why of Why would that? Like John Stockton, Carl Malone. Yeah. I mean, this Carl Malone is from Louisiana. I'm from Good Louisiana. Basketball players. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah so that, that makes was sense. the that yeah. was the. Okay. Yeah, I always appreciate it. That's when uh, Mo Damashek, my mother, won me over for good. Was She took me out of school early for March Madness to watch Pitt play oh, Louisiana Tech. Is that really? a good that, – that that's oh, wow. good mothering, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's why she should have a card to get you absolutely. Get in there. Yeah, that's the kind of influence she might have <laughs> dad, on Roger and everybody else. My dad did that a couple times for Dodger games. It was the greatest thing ever. I'm yep. like, Dad, you did it. 
Two, yeah. day, took yeah. two days out of your life and you became yeah, growing, a Yeah, growing up, you know, New Orleans didn't have a, a basketball team. You know, the New Orleans Jazz was long gone, mm. you know, so I didn't have. Oh, but that meant, but uh, yeah, I forgot about it. Obviously, yeah. the Utah Jazz That's, come from, oh, yeah, yeah. from yeah. NOLA. So right. I had to there put it go. all together, you know, and then it was Carl Malone and yeah, yeah. I know being a Utah. All right. I mean, li- listen, uh, this has been a relatively fun conversation in spite of all the ugly things that uh, Reggie had to say about the Patriots, about Foxborough <laughs> in particular. <laughs> look past those. We'll let the Patriots fans deal with that. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, David Carr. Yes. Cole Wright. He can throw. He likes to talk. I'm sure he's bragged to you about it. He he, t- he can throw a baseball 95 miles he an hour. That's, that. that's what he says. He has claimed that. We want to do a competition, and then you know, handsome Hank too. He thinks for an Englishman at least. He he's got that southpaw heat. heat. Okay. I want to do a, a series of throwing. To be fair, I want to see who can throw the baseball harder. Okay. And then who can throw the football harder. I would I would love to be a you, part of that. Cole, and really? handsome Hank. I'd love to be a part of that. Yeah. Got a little left in the play, tank. Play a little baseball myself. I got a little bit left, Reggie. Just a little bit. I'm not sure how much. I mean, it's Cole. It's Cole. Yeah, right? it's Cole. Right. How good could Cole? How could be? I mean, no. if he hits 80, I'm gonna be wow. That's it's cold. World. What do you what, what would I you guess? I, if I give it my all, what do I throw it? What do you throw it? Yeah, your southpaw. Yeah, comes a little comes in a little funny, spins a little side. Uh, I'm gonna say you. I'm gonna say you're 74. You give him 74. I'm gonna say 74. Oh, I uh, I'm thinking optimism. more in the 60s. 50. <laughs> Low <laughs> 60s. Low 60s. Yeah. Yeah. You might. <laughs> <laughs> he well, knows see. I shot too high. I, I just figured. You don't you know, know, though. I'm a field general. I, oh, yeah, field general. I know. I, I'm I a leader of men. I don't need the. Oh, yeah. I don't need the live arm because I win over the locker think, room. No, it doesn't work like that. In baseball. <laughs> baseball. You just gotta be. You on that mound by yourself, yeah. buddy. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you. Well, here they are. Two of the most delightful fellas in uh, in all of uh, broadcasting. Reggie Wayne, David Carr, thanks for uh, making the time. And now, as they go out the door, Studio 66, here he comes, Johnny Knoxville. You're listening to David Damashek. All right, this is very exciting. Big times here in Studio 66, a genuine movie star, the uh, star and author, if I'm not mistaken, of Action Point. Here he is, Johnny Knoxville. What's happening, man? Oh, man, thanks for having me on. Did you write the picture? Yeah, I helped write the uh, script. Excellent. Good for you. Yeah. We were just talking just as you sat down there. I learned from listening to you on Howard Stern that uh, you were a really good baseball player through high school. And then you blew out your arm, so then that forced you to move to L.A. You had two passions at the age of 18 or so. Yeah, it was baseball or move to Los Angeles, and uh, my right arm made the decision for me. That's good, because I like to do what if, though, and uh, what would you have done? Let, let's say you go to play college ball, then you don't wind up in L.A. probably, right? You don't uh, chase this dream. I don't know. Uh, I, I That was in the back of my mind the whole time, so I, I – I don't know, probably college ball and then may have moved out because most of my friends who stayed back home, they either a lot got in trouble or they became cops. And it was that extreme. Um, Have any of your friends who are cops busted any of your friends who are on the other side? Yes, yes. And and my friend who owns the ball market in Knoxville, um, it's like Casablanca. Because everyone, all the cops go there, senators, all the uh, thieves, everyone in town goes to the ball market and get, gets the food and, and cashes their checks. And so I know about everyone growing up just from my friends, Alan Fry and, and, and Richie. So it's, 
It's great. I, I get all the gossip. Tell me now about the picture, because I have a lot of things I want to kibitz with you about in a short amount of time. It looks like a great premise. I'm aware of that uh, of that amusement park, and I heard I, I read some of the infamous stuff about it. That's a great idea to make a movie around. Yeah, it was inspired by the place called Action Park in New Jersey, and it was undoubtedly, not even arguably, the most dangerous theme park of all time. It was also called traction park class action park and the owner was this genius guy land developer gene Mulvihill, who said i'm not going to hassle the kids with a bunch of rules i'm going to leave safety up to them and it was lord of the flies there was no adults around and everyone was loaded and <laughs> safety was at an all-time low what well I'm, and then of course you did the stunts as uh, people would expect that you might and i saw some of the uh, I, I saw the one clip of you flying off the alpine thing that the you, alpine slide the alpine slide you got messed up by that huh yes that was at that point that was my third concussion of the film i ended up having four <laughs> but yeah that was it, i it, my memory was gone for 30 40 minutes but when i got back from the emergency emergency room i had a little blood in my nose and mm. I went to blow my nose. And when I did, my left eye popped out of its socket and it was very disconcerting when that happened. So I it is, is it? I wouldn't expect it. That, did you like say, wait a second, I want to see it. Did you have to go look in the mirror to see what it looked like? No, I was blowing my nose looking in the mirror. Oh. So <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. You know, I was getting ready to get in the shower after a long day. <laughs> and and then my eye says, oh, no, you're not. You're going back to the hospital. Sheesh. Yeah. What a terror. I mean, I can't imagine. So what did you do? Did you just push it right back yeah, I in? I pushed it back in and, and called the executive producer who had just gotten <laughs> back from the hospital with me. I'm like, you got to come get me because my eye popped out. And he said, ah, <laughs> I'm like, my eye popped out. He goes, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So what are you? I bet you this is a question you've answered a million times. What is it, if anything, that you are afraid of at this point? Well, I get, you know, when I'm doing a stunt, I don't know how they're going to end. I know how I've set them up to end, and that's to fail. I get scared, but I, I can override it. So, But are you like, it would be ironic and funny if you were one of those people who's like, let's go to the beach, let's hit the water. Well, no, no. SPF 50 for everybody. No, no, no. Let get get every. Oh yeah, no. Are you that kind of guy. Yeah, especially with my kids. They, I always, I'm always the sunscreen dad. And, really. And I don't want them to get hurt doing anything. So if they're climbing a tree, I'm right under them. Uh, that's that scares me. Do you have funny like uh, little allergies? That would be that would be counter to Johnny Knoxville that the world knows. I have allergy induced asthma. Growing up, I was in the hospital so much for my asthma. Uh, I'm allergic to every grass, every tree, cats, dogs, horses, mold. That's everything. Hmm. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. I'm a wreck because you seem like to me from a distance for the last like 10 or 15 years off the top of my head, I would rank you among the guys who cut the coolest figure. You seem like from the outside looking in, like we can't get cooler than Johnny Knoxville is. Oh, I think you can get a lot cooler than. All right, I am. well that brings me to what I wanted to ask you. Then go ahead, win, play, show the coolest guys you've known. The coolest guys I've known. Uh, you, you think, but you think of yourself as a cool guy, right? No, no. If I it's, wore what you wore, people would laugh at me. You walk in the room, people are like Johnny Knoxville's cool looking. I think there's a problem if you're walking around thinking you're a cool guy. Mm -hmm. I don't like that guy, <laughs> <So> <laughs> you know? 
Thanks a lot, douche. All right, who is cool? Uh, Willie Nelson is cool. Uh, that's a good one. Number one? That'd be hard to beat. I don't – this is what – like, my dad would always try to get me to pick my favorite sister, and I never wanted to hurt anyone's feelings. So I'm just going to throw out names. All right, throw out a name. Uh, Matt Hoffman is cool. Uh, he's like our evil Knievel. You know, by the way, I know you love Knievel, and so do I. That was a time – I don't think uh, I don't think 21st century – uh, children can relate to what that was like. Isn't that a, I mean, you made a whole documentary and everything about it. What a bizarre phenomenon. In the 70s, TV was, all it was was just variety hours. Three for the, shows. Yeah. Three well, channels. Yeah. And it was like Sonny and Cher and Captain and Tennille and Flip Wilson. And like, if you were famous, you would have had, Johnny Knoxville would have had the Johnny Knoxville variety hour if you had uh, had popped at 1975, that you, that would have been your trajectory. And amidst all that, there's a guy who just dresses up in red, white, and blue and jumps his motorcycle over stuff. That was crazy. And that was out of nowhere, from a vacuum. No one was jumping motorcycles before him. You know, there were some car stunt shows, but he was the first. I like too that his that his big one, his most famous slash infamous one, is uh, taking a rocket over Snake River right. as though that's a deed, as though that's a noteworthy achievement. Like, hey man, I don't know if you heard, uh, evil. Uh, we we took another rocket up to the moon about eight years ago. <laughs> that was a, what was that? Why was that even a thing that he could fly a rocket across a little river? Uh, that I mean that could have it was very dangerous as you because rockets. As I, I, I've messed with rockets before, and, and even if you know a lot about them, they're rockets, <laughs> and they can explode at any time. So, and if it went, if he'd have went in the drink, he would have drowned. So it was, it was dangerous. But he, he would get these big ideas, and follow through on them. And he was drunk for that, right? Uh, I don't think he, he might have had a couple, but he I don't had know a if few he was beforehand, right? Yeah, he probably had a couple, but he, you know, uh, but. He would do that before motorcycle jumps too. He, I asked one of his uh, guys who was with him back in the day, Spanky Spangler. I'm like, did he do practice? This was before I'd done the documentary. I'm like, did he do practice jumps before he did the big jump? And he's like, no, nah, he'd just take a big shot of wild turkey and go, you got to feel it. <laughs> that was his practice <laughs> jump. He is, yes, perhaps, there is no equal to him. I guess you're the, you are kind of, you and the, you Matt know, Hoffman. fellas, Matt Hoffman is yeah. the number one, huh? Yeah, Matt Hoffman is the modern day. Okay, so Nelson, Hoffman. Uh, Helen Wolf. How can you get cooler than Helen Wolf? <laughs> I like it. Who, um... Who I'm curious about the gang from uh, from Jackass. Who is the most handsome of the group? You, well, Emma VP behind the glass there. But before you came up here, I asked her that, and she said you. Oh well, well thank you. That's very you're, kind. You're welcome, Johnny. I said I no. I said Bam Margera. I thought he always seemed like he cut the figure that he probably was the most popular among the ladies. Yeah, I don't think any of us are that handsome. No. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Maybe Eddie, Spaghetti, we... Eddie Spaghetti said Chris Pontius. Yes, I agree. He's, the, he's without a doubt the sexiest. He is. And that's why uh, he's always scantily clad in our films. <laughs> and he's scantily clad in Action Point as well. He plays the uh, lifeguard. He's uh, so he's in the picture with you as well. Yeah. What a, so it it's it's hard to kind of based on the clips I've seen of the picture. It's a scripted movie, but within it, you guys are doing your own stunts and everything. It's kind of like the perfect uh, 
um, you know, nexus of what you guys were doing at Jackass and scripted uh, features, huh? Yeah, it's uh, Bad Grandpa was scripted with pranks, and this is scripted with stunts. But this has a proper story. And, yeah, and all the stunts are real. We don't cut on the action. Uh, me and all the stuntmen and women, I ask them to do them like I'm doing them. No wires, pads, or anything like that. And uh, got to know the uh, emergency rooms in Cape Town very well because of that. And do they lo- revere you? Are you sort of uh, an idol to stuntmen, to more anonymous stuntmen? Uh, I, 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 I don't. I, they're very kind to me, but I don't walk around thinking they revere me well but they that's might. like the guy walking around thinking he's cool <laughs> you know i, I know I'm i am just, cool and revered yeah i'm just some hillbilly from tennessee who's been very lucky um what uh, so you've uh, you've played at least baseball you i remember you getting smacked around by uh, jared allen yeah you've done some different things what sport do you suppose hurts the most wow sport hurts the most um well, football, uh, fight, any type of like boxing, MMA, catching a catching a ninety plus uh, fastball in the you know in the kisser would not be good either. Yeah, no, that. But con- I'm talking about consistently hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baseballs when it's painful, it's painful, but it, it's not like that all the time. Mm. Uh, but day in day out of in uh, in just the uh, BMX guys at x games the x games have gotten in the motor moto guys it, it, it's gotten so insane just why it gives you anxiety watching these guys do it it is loco because yes when you see them uh, i it, it's one thing to see it on tv it's one of those ones that if you see it in person and you realize oh yeah that's that's how high up in the air they are and there's nothing that will break their fall other than the ground if they hit it yeah it is it, yeah it's it's something to to uh, behold but i would think that if you took a spin around the uh, X Games at some point, there would be no bigger celebrity than Johnny Knoxville. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, they, they got Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman there. They got a lot of uh, – X Games are, you know, really exciting. Does it surprise you that uh, football players, speaking of what hurts, is it surprise you that they don't wear cups? None of them. Not one football player. It's, it's, it's one of the most remarkable things I've learned in my time here at the NFL. Yeah, that's uh, that's an odd one. What what is the reason? Well, they say they will tell you that it causes the cup causes chafing, and so you don't want that. And I said, well, what about the alternative? Right. And how you know, you had an eye pop out of your head. Right. You've had all these. Uh, but there how, was no chafing. There's never <laughs> there's never ever been an explosion of any like no cup and no one. There's never any uh, any physical disaster as a result of being cupless out there. Doesn't that seem impossible? Um, are you? Is this a lead into for when I broke my penis? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I you mean that was well wiener. done. That was well done. You broke your wiener and for and then for two years, what did you have to do with Three it? Three and a half years I had to Three and a half years. Catheter twice a day with a tube like twelve to fourteen inches long and it was like bigger than a number two pencil. And you had to just insert it in there. Yeah. You you poured water on it first to make sure the it because it felt like sandpaper until you put the water on it, then it turned to lube. And then, but so, but that is, see, I, it feels to me like the, uh, the God smiled on you to some degree, but then that was the, the makeup for it. That was the quid pro quo. 
Football yeah. players, coupless the world over, not a single injury related to that. You, on the other hand, are putting a catheter into yourself. Yeah, that was a that was an odd one, just like the eye. Um, oh, and uh, this is what I wanted to ask you about. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Rock. You've done movies with both of them. Who would win in a fight? Ooh, I wouldn't want to fight either one of those guys. Uh, but who would win if they went? Head oh, head? I don't know. Um, Take one, Arnold. I see. It's just like. Gonna, my father trying to make me pick my favorite sister. I love and respect both of those men. Wait, you did pick, for the record, you did uh, pick Chris Pontius, though, as the most oh, handsome. Oh, I will, yes. Most I handsome, you did do Definitely. That. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think any of the other cast members would have seen anything to say about that. It's weird, too, when uh, you, the stereotype is is that every actor, every writer, whatever, is, uh, is a bartender or waiter. But for some reason, I don't know why this is true for me, anecdotally, People, I've heard your name float. You know, Johnny Knoxville used to work here. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, Johnny, not, I don't know why that is. How many different kind of waiting jobs and stuff did you have before you kind of made it big? Uh, I mean, quite a few. Uh, I was probably not as many as they say. Where'd you work in Encino? So I was just oh, in an that, Encino place, and they said, yeah, Johnny Knoxville used to be Chin a Chin and That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it was. That's right. That was the last job I had. Before I started writing for magazines and doing commercials and whatnot, uh, yeah, I was a waiter in Encino at Chin Chin, and the white back then we wore all white, so yeah, it was, nothing breaks your spirit like that, right? Like, like, no. why, why do you have to make me dress like this? No, awesome. I did. I would. I did. I was just happy to have a job and make be. You know, had some dough. My then girlfriend was pregnant, so I was really. Yeah, my spirit wasn't broken. I was trying to get something going. All right. Well, listen, he's come out clean on the other side, and he is the most handsome member of Jackass, <laughs> according to Emma VP. Go see his picture, Action Point. I'm looking forward to seeing Thank this you. one. A, uh, a great pleasure to meet you, Johnny Knoxville. Thank you. Best wishes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.